Support for this podcast comes from Blackline and U.S. Bank. Hi, this is Tyler Sloat, CFO of Zuora, and you are listening to the CFO Thought Leader Podcast. This is episode 224. How as a finance leader are you driving driving change in your organization? How are you driving change within your organization? In this episode, CFO Mike Peachy of AllConnect joins us to explore the innovative leadership path he's taken to make AllConnect's customer experience a central component of its finance function. Listen to our interview with Mike after these words from our sponsor. Many accounting and finance professionals are facing a sizable obstacle these days. In this age of data enlightenment, their financial close processes leave no time for data analysis, the very activity that opens the door to new opportunities and career advancement. Blackline has the answer. By automating, centralizing, and streamlining financial close operations, Blackline customer organizations are now ready for the data-centric world, allowing their finance and accounting professionals to open the door to new opportunities. To learn more, visit blackline.com forward slash CFO. It's a pleasure, Mike, to have you uh, be part of today's discussion. Welcome. Thank you, Jack. Thank you for having me here today. So, Mike, we're looking forward to exploring this subject area with you and learning firsthand how a finance team gets wired into the customer experience. But first, let's find out a little bit about AllConnect um, so we understand better the type of organization it is and the market it competes inside of today. What, what would you share with us? Sure, Jack. Well, at AllConnect, we fancy ourselves as the consumer experience company. I mean, we're a performance-based marketing company, doing business in the home service marketplace. Uh, We have a choice-based business model. We are advocates for the consumer who is making complex, comparative choices based on products that are available in their locality. So it's uh, geography-based. And we provide a more holistic and friendly customer service experience than dealing directly with partners uh, than when the consumer would interact directly with a partner. And uh, so this consultative sale process is something that the consumer feels good about. It comes as no cost to them. It helps them save time and money. Uh, And consumer engagement really is what defines us as a company. Okay. So during our podcast, you shared with us that following your arrival at AllConnect, you initiated a reorganization that would move the data analytics group into the finance function. Now, every organization has barriers that obstruct change, and undoubtedly there are many finance leaders out there who would very much like to see the same occur within their organizations. But can you first help set the stage by offering some deeper insight into how this decision was made and whether there was any resistance, and if there was, how it was dealt with? Well, for us, you know, uh, our company was founded in, in 1998, and we found, we fancied ourselves that we were focused on the consumer, but it was really in the uh, last four years that we figured out, okay, if we're so focused on the consumer, 
how come we don't know more about those consumers? We've been interacting and transacting with them for a number of years, and we've got all this data about the number of consumer transactions, people buying various home services through AllConnect. Um, but how can we use that data to be better going forward? Um, and so originally, data analytics was this really small group of two people, and it was housed inside of our technology function because our technology function uh, is uh, where we have a technology platform that um, builds the sales script for our agents uh, when they're on the phone or working across the Internet with consumers. And so it was originally viewed that data analytics would help build that sales script within the IT function. And as we saw this, you know, started to hypothesize the power this could analytics, applying analytics in our operations could have, there was a bit of a turf war in terms of well, operations, the people that run the sales centers saying, we want to control the analytics group. And the IT group saying, well, no, it started here. Uh, and then finance saying, well, wait, this is a quantitative exercise. It feels like we could add a lot of value here. Um, and so there was this jockeying for where would we house and expand the analytics group. And so for us, it was really the leader of those three, the leaders of each of those three functions to get together and kind of build a consensus. And I think the thing that made uh, the finance argument uh, most powerful is what we could um, bring to the case in terms of saying, hey, finance essentially can be that internal consulting group to the IT or um, function or to the sales group function that, hey, we just want to be Switzerland. We want to report the data, report the facts without a bias, uh, uh, because what does finance have to gain out of this? And that kind of was the argument that carried the day, that if if if, uh, if data analytics um, could be expanded on and we decided to invest in um, SAP's business objects tool uh, to be our mind um, business intelligence interface, uh, but if finance could, could be that independent source of truth uh, and justice, then that that is what carried the argument. Uh, and so we, from that point forward in 2013, moved it, data analytics group into finance and expanded from there. So before we get deeper into how do you use analytics, what are some examples of customer data you believed could become valuable if an analytics solution was correctly adopted and applied? Well, one one source of data was 15 years of transaction history. Um, in fact, we just this release, uh, just this week, uh, All Connect issued a press release announcing um, the million uh, placement of utility products on behalf of our utility customers. Um, we've sold over four million internet cable um, telco type subscriptions over our lifetime. So we have tremendous amount of data. Um, in terms of how soon consumers uh, transact, uh, we are generally interacting with consumers when they're in the middle of a move process. Um, and so some of the data points that we're trying to collect when we're engaging with that consumer is how soon is their move? Are they calling two weeks in advance of their move? There's probably not a sense of urgency to transact. Are they calling within two days of their move? They're definitely uh, in a hurry to transact. They've got a lot of things on their to-do list. And so turning on their electricity, turning on their Internet, cable, home security, wireline, uh, these are services they need to get done quickly, and we can help. That's where we can add value. But a key part of then getting that um, the process started and understanding our consumer was really zip plus four 
um, information. So part of our technology platform that I mentioned has mapped every rooftop in the country. And so we know at a specific address what services are offered at that location. For instance, if it was uh, Internet, what would be the Internet provider? Could be Comcast, could be Google's new high-speed Internet. Um, what video is available? Is uh, certainly Dish Network and um, DirecTV are examples that are, are most widely uh, available across the country. But is there a location? Uh, I live here in Atlanta, ATT UVerse is a good fiber option. Comcast Xfinity is another good fiber option. And because our technology platform had mapped out every address and the services available, if we could match that consumer to where they're going to live, that zip plus four, that gave us key demographic information about that um, homeowner or apartment dweller. And so what we built the data analytics function around was taking the zip plus four and using that to understand the consumer. We built essentially what we would call personas, 26 outlines of various um, demographics uh, in the country. Um, so an, an example of a, of, a, of a demographic might be retirees. And so if there's a, if we know the zip plus four is coming out of um, a retirement community outside of Aiken, South Carolina, we can our technology platform can then customize the script and the offerings that are going to be relevant to that consumer. For retirees, um, for instance, one of the products we offer is LifeLock, so in preventing identity theft. That's a very important uh, topic with that demographic. Um, if the Zip Plus 4 was a college student, um, the script would build the the, the technology platform would build the script such that college kids all have cell phones. They don't need wireline. College kids, what's important to them is high-speed Internet, not so much cable, because they're going to go over the top. So analytics is helping us understand that consumer better, make the right offer to that consumer uh, the first time, and the end result has been really powerful in terms of having higher sales closure rates. So generally, one out of six consumers that talk to us end up buying from us. Um, and that's a very high close rate uh, in in, uh, in marketing circles. So uh, because we're a performance-based marketing company, that means we only get paid if the consumer transacts. We don't get paid by the consumer. We're getting paid by ADT Security or AT&T UVerse or Dish Network, whatever the um, brand's that the consumer's buying, but we've used data analytics and the Zip Plus 4 data point to help us route calls to our best sales agents and to use the um, technology platform to make the right offer the first time to that consumer as we're engaging with them. So let's uh, take a step back. Um, when you had that green light to align finance with the data analytics team, was there maybe an original project, a little smaller in scale, where you sort of validated um, the approach first of the alignment? Well, we did. We sure did, Jack. In terms of originally when the data analytics group was two people and it was built and it was um, in the IT organization, it was more uh, in terms of hypothesis testing. What could we make how could we deploy data analytics and operations, and what would the outcomes be? And so we picked kind of a pilot project internally, um, and 
the data analytics team supplemented with some of the uh, people from the financial planning analysis team built a business case um, to say, okay, we think if we are routing calls to our best agents, the most, the highest potential calls, that it would have this kind of payoff. And so we put it in terms of math, profit, increased revenue, and increased profits to the company if we uh, routed calls in a different manner. Ultimately, um, in terms of right product, right time, and increased our closure rates, our successful sales rates, uh, quantified all that in math. Um, and so we rolled out initially a pilot project for a region of the country in terms of analyzing where the call is coming from, the technology platform quickly assessing the potential for that product, uh, that call, meaning how much revenue could we drive off that call. For instance, a call from Toledo, Ohio to us, given the providers in that service territory, probably the best we're going to do is sell somebody on Buckeye Cable, a very fine company, but a basic cable package, which would have a commission to our company of about $80. However, if we were to get a call from Arlington, Virginia, which is a very rich, what we would call fiber territory, they not only have basic cable, but they also have fiber uh, products like Comcast Xfinity, Verizon Fios, AT&T Uverse. Those fiber products have much higher commissions to us, two and three times the amount that Buckeye Cable could offer. So if we were to get a call from Arlington, Virginia, Given that it's a potential much higher commission to All Connect, we want that call to go to our best agent, and we would want the call from Toledo, Ohio, to go to maybe a new hire who's just learning and just ramping up. Because if the new hire doesn't sell successfully, the opportunity cost is pretty low compared to what the opportunity cost of losing a sale from Arlington, Virginia, would be to us. And so we rolled out this test for three months, um, uh, proved out the mathematics, and then uh, essentially at the end of a nine month uh, and, and end of month nine, we're able to roll it across uh, across the country in terms of all calls that we're taking in the United States being routed based on data analytics. All right. So when it comes to execution and deploying this type of solution, to what extent did All Connect rely on third parties or consultants? And Are third-party consultants still relied on today to execute uh, the solution for you? Um, You know, AllConnect largely did this internally. Um, We had a a very uh, bright data analytics person that we had hired from AT&T based here. uh, The the fellow was based here in Atlanta. and so we determined we didn't want to use third we didn't need to use third party consultants. I mentioned that we invested in a, a BI, a business intelligence tool, the SAP business objects tool. Um, what we did though in terms of taking the two people that existed in the function in, in the IT group and moving them to finance, and then we hired new talent into the company. We supplemented um we moved a person over from financial planning and analysis into the group. We hired some um, what I call young guns, uh, but some quant jocks um, with data analytics in their background coming from other firms and built this team of nine uh, internally. So we didn't use third-party consultants uh, to uh, build the team or to integrate the data into the operations, um, and, and that worked out well for us. Uh, we, and we saw uh, much faster payback uh, because the outflow uh, on the project was uh, less upfront. 
interesting. Um, okay, so what steps had to be taken to incorporate the information, the analytics uh, yielded to you into All Connect's uh, forecasting? Well, for us, um, uh, interacting with our technology platform, we had in um, the second quarter of 2014, so just two years ago, we had totally revamped our technology platform, based it more on modules. Uh, we had operated in the first uh 16 years of our existence on the same platform that was kind of held together with bailing wire, I think we would all admit now. Um, and so as part of that revamp of our technology plant platform, which we call Concert, uh, and relaunch of that, we were able to integrate data analytics as one of the modules in this platform. And then the other part that was key for us is that once, uh, and we did this uh, n near the end of 2014, we actually combine the financial planning analysis group with the data analytics group. That same fellow I mentioned that we hired from AT&T, bright guy, we said, okay, we want you to take over budgeting and forecasting. You have all the data analytics and see how it's impacting operations. And I tell you, the precision of our uh, forward forecast for both 2015 and 2016 has greatly, greatly improved. Um, and so that was a very nice byproduct uh, of our investment in data analytics in terms of a, improving our ability to, to forward forecast. Um, but uh, it, was, it was more of a byproduct. We didn't intentionally, uh, when we set out to make this investment three years ago, think that that was going to be the result. But it certainly has worked well for us in terms of our organizational structure. Okay, I have one uh, last question for Mike before we introduce our next speaker. Hey, here's your chance. Click on the Q&A tab, and from what you've just heard, you must have questions, audience. So send Mike a, a question, and we'll, we'll dish it up uh, during our Q&A segment. Final question, Mike. What piece of advice would you offer those finance leaders that are just beginning down uh, this customer intelligence path? Well, certainly focusing around the consumer um, uh, is is the heart of, of where commerce is going today in terms of transacting. I think for us, uh, and I, the advice I would give, the lesson learned is you have to build a vision of where consumer focus and data and analytics can take the company. You, know, you have to, and I'm talking about building that consensus in building that vision to use internally and giving people the why. You have the most credibility um, when, uh, as a finance group, you're speaking with character, meaning people know your intent. Um, and secondly, when you have competence um, and so that you're on top of the project, that you're uh, bringing in resources if needed, uh, laying out project timelines, but building that vision. And for us, building that vision, we did numerically in terms of saying, hey, would you like this type of revenue growth and this type of profit growth if data and analytics could deliver greater outcomes? And who wouldn't sign up for that? Um, and so that was that was the kind of the key lesson learned, the storytelling part of it, the the building of that vision. Um, make sure you're um, contemplative and thoughtful and deliberate about that uh, as part of rallying your organization uh, to drive to that out to the better outcome. Thought leader listeners, don't go anywhere. We have more of our interview after these words from our sponsor. 
You want smart, clear, and honest guidance to help you meet the financial goals of your middle market business. With U.S. Bank, you have a partner who will help you find the right solutions to help your organization reduce payment costs, enhance control, improve cash flow, and expand your spend visibility. U.S. Bank's dedication to making ethical decisions and doing the right thing is at the heart of what they do, and their efforts haven't gone unnoticed. They've been named a 2017 World's Most Ethical Company for the third consecutive year by the Ethisphere Institute. To learn more, visit uspayment.com slash middle market. We have a, our first question, and someone asks, are there aspects of the all-connect organizational culture that may have helped finance take on this leadership role in customer success? For instance, other organizations might have been more ter- territorial. Um, is there any any part of the the culture there that you think um, allowed you to uh, to take on this role and not cause waves across the company? Well, there was a bit of a uniqueness in terms of uh, when I got to the company three years ago. My peer group um, had all been at the company at that point six years, so that senior management team was very collaborative and cohesive because they'd all worked together um, for a very long period. And so perhaps uh, with my uh, arrival being new at the time to say, um, I don't have a dog in the fight in terms of favoring IT over operations, um, and and uh, probably helped uh, build the case for the neutrality that finance, the objectivity that finance would bring um, to the situation. So the, perhaps the longevity of the team before I got here uh, structurally helped uh, in that case. Someone wanted to know if there was a sales comp system that in some way uh, helped shape behaviors and helped make this a success. Um, well, certainly uh, we have 600 sales agents in our company, and they are compensated by a mix of uh, base salary and commission. So there is a commission structure. What we found is the um, data analytics uh, and certainly you can make more commission on, on higher value products. But for us, uh, when, as a result of what we saw uh, coming out of the Im- improved sales closure rates, we changed our compensation, to, um, our reward structure to be less about tenure and, and time in position and more about perf- more performance-based in terms of those with the higher – highest closure rates move up. We created a five-tier system. And as you move up in tiers based on your close rates, that's how you um, can uh, the, the compensation ratchets up at each tier. Um, so we did use it in terms of evaluating. Hit, um, previously, we thought the most tenured employees were the best employees. Well, when you look at them performance-based, uh, and figure out how you can motivate better behavior or um, or not better behavior, but higher performance behavior, um, that's where we came up with this tier system based on closure. Thank you once more to CFO Mike Peachy of All Connect. This is Jack Sweeney. You're listening to the CFO Thought Leader Podcast. Hi, it's Jack Sweeney. At CFO Thought Leader, we wanted to give you 
the listener, some added clout when it comes to selecting next season's CFO guests. We call it Listener's Choice. And in the months ahead, our Listener's Choice guests will enjoy some added box office clout as we advance the CFOs you most want to hear from into next season's CFO lineup. To learn more about CFO Thought Leader's Listener's Choice, visit us at cfothoughtleader.com or go ahead and email me at jack at cfothoughtleader.com. Hey, one last thing. It's no secret when we originated CFO Thought Leader, it was with iPhone users in mind. Android users, we have neglected you. And so to make amends, we just released a CFO Thought Leader mobile app just for you. It's now ready for download on Google Play and Amazon Android Markets. No matter what world you're part of, thank you for listening.